You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Fearless Business Podcast, sharing with you the business behind running a business. We're your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Mary Clavier. Each week, we'll be bringing you great guests, insights from our experiences, and a behind-the-scenes look at all the topics you may be afraid to tackle in your business, but shouldn't be. So sit back, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome to episode 117 of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm Mary, and I'm here with my co-host, Jamie. And today, we are talking about LinkedIn. Is there music for LinkedIn? (laughs) Scary music. Maybe there's no music because everyone ignores LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) Poor LinkedIn. Halloween music. Yeah, poor LinkedIn. I don't think anyone's scared of it. I think people are like, meh. No, yeah. I feel like everyone thinks it's super stuffy. It is super stuffy. It is. (laughs) If I ever go on there and I see an emoji, I'm like surprised. I know. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Like everybody I'm connected with on there are lawyers. Right. So what do I want to connect with other lawyers for? I got out of working with other lawyers for that reason. (laughs) Yeah. My feed. So my suggested contacts are all people from pharma. They must be. Yeah. But we give some tips spoiler alert, give some tips about how to like change your feed. Oh, yeah, we should get more of the right people. Yeah, we we should preface this to say that we are not going to be talking about LinkedIn. Mary is interviewing a LinkedIn (laughs) expert to tell you why she and I are idiots about how we think about LinkedIn. (laughs) Right. And now since I, you know, found out all this new information, I feel good telling other people, oh, yeah, you should go use LinkedIn because of this, this and this. But really just follow Louise because she's the one that knows it all. I'm telling you, people swear by it. I I will say this. I I did recently get a client through LinkedIn. Uh, Somebody found me because I was tagged in an article who's who's the CEO of a tech company. And I have a very specific knowledge of the advertising tech space. And so he found me that way. And that's great. It's a great connection. So the moral of the story is I'm wrong. Louise, our guest is correct. <laughs> and you should be paying attention to LinkedIn. Link to LinkedIn. Yeah, it's really, uh, yeah, now no better time to start than the present. Well, it's true. A lot of people are going back to like, how how are we marketing? It's not like we can go hang out at a conference. <laughs> right. Right. And actually, it's much more powerful. I mean, I'm not going to give everything away now, but it's much more powerful than some of the other social media platforms in terms of algorithms and everything. So your your content can go farther. 
That is actually really true because I have posted a few articles um, that I've either written or been in and I just got a speaking gig because of one of the articles that I wrote from another lawyer. <laughs> I'm speaking to the New Jersey Women Lawyers Association, which I'm excited about, but she read an article I wrote about boundaries and saying no, and now I'm giving a talk to that group. So exhibit B, why Jamie is wrong about LinkedIn. Don't listen to me. I did a post once on LinkedIn. You you would think this would have like changed my mind to it. I And then I got a notification saying like, your post is trending. And I was like, oh, I'm like, trending in a in a social media platform but what did I do after that nothing nothing (laughs) (laughs) you make me feel better that's what I'm here to do it really truth it's you know it's it it gets to the point I think we all struggle with this is like where does it end right like how many more things can we add um but I think instead of looking at it as just adding another thing, perhaps I subtract something else that isn't giving me the traction that maybe LinkedIn might give me. And this is why we're doing a whole month on social media. Because I feel like LinkedIn may be great for you and I, but some of our listeners may hear the awesome things that the guest has to say and be like, yeah, it's still not for me. And that's cool. Very much like TikTok, not for me. Not happening for me. We're not doing an episode on TikTok. Wrong podcast. Nope. It's working. I have a lot of clients who are being who are very successful, particularly a lot of the content creators that I work with. They are loving on TikTok. They're getting great engagement, lots of followers. It's working. Yeah, I shouldn't be too too quick to jump to say no, but yeah, that I I would likely be trying LinkedIn first, especially for how I'm shifting now and the things I'm doing talks about and everything. It makes much more sense for small businesses and corporate and everything. But yeah, I, I have seen some people and I've seen people repost because I don't have TikTok, but I see them repost it on Instagram or I think you can repost to Facebook too, right? I don't know. Um, and it's say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Just don't take our word for it. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's like, I could see how people may think it's like fun or engaging because it's videos and whatever. But I haven't tried it. I definitely get some hilarious links from friends. But I know that if I went down that rabbit hole, I would just lose so much time. I've really, really stepped back from social media since the pandemic, because I just found it just too overwhelming and too much information that wasn't good. And it just it wasn't working for me with a lot of the information about COVID that was being published. So I really like sort of pulled back from it. And I'm afraid that if I went down the TikTok (laughs) endless tunnel of like, gosh, no, I would just lose more time. Um, And I'm actually a lot funny enough that we're doing we're talking about social media this month. I've actually been a lot happier being not as engaged on social media Um, in in a personal matter. Professionally, I do use social media quite frequently, and I think it's a really valuable tool. But personally, I'm finding it better to sort of back off. Yeah, I delete. I don't know if I said this on the podcast before. I think I told you I deleted it a couple times, like deleted the apps from my phone at the beginning of covid especially on the weekends. I eventually put some of them back, but I think Instagram I had off for like two weeks or something. I just, it was too much, like too much going on. And then just like looking through the feed, it just was not helpful. Agreed. Same. So yeah, that's why I haven't gone down that TikTok path. 
but I don't find as much of that on LinkedIn. Uh, so maybe that is the place I need to go. So maybe actually we have better chance. Yeah, we have a better chance of like having a good turnout on LinkedIn. Right. Because we don't we don't love it anyway. So. Right. So we can just like do what we need to do and then leave. That's true. I almost wish, I don't know, there's something about the interface. I don't know what it is. No, it, there's, yeah, there's a lot of things about it. But, but it's very powerful. And I mean, I won't hold up or share too much. So I'll introduce Louise in a second. But it's, I think it's a great way for people to grow and expand and like really have the power of a different platform that has not been inundated with junk. Yeah, say. I agree like, with that. The same way. I mean, you post something on Instagram and it's gone in two seconds. Yeah. And I also think that the the quality of audience is it's a little bit different. Um, and it, yeah. All right. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to go dig into it a little bit more. Let's hear what Louise has to say. Yeah. And maybe at the end of the month, we'll... We'll see where we are with social media. Mm, I like Should you that. Like a little, a yeah. check-in. We'll do that. Done. Yeah, we'll check-in. Smart. Okay. All right. So let me introduce Louise before we get on to the show. Louise Brogan is the owner of Social Bee and hosts the Linking In with Louise podcast. She helps small businesses and entrepreneurs raise their profile online using LinkedIn. Following a career in IT, Louise started her own business in order to work from home and have more freedom. Louise has been named in the top 100 small businesses in the UK, contributes to Social Media Examiner, and has been shortlisted for UK Self-Employed Business of the Year for 2020. Now, on to the episode. Hi, Louise. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, me too. I'm excited for all of our listeners to learn more about LinkedIn and myself included because I would also like to learn more about LinkedIn. <laughs> Excellent. Great. So we're going to dive right in. So what is the most important part of your LinkedIn profile? Okay, straight out of the gate. Great question, Mary. Having I, I see your LinkedIn profile and getting a good LinkedIn profile as the foundation of everything you do on LinkedIn. For example, if you have if you if you have like a really scant profile that you haven't really updated, and you're you're posting on LinkedIn or connecting with people, and they go to your profile, and there's nothing there that really explains much about you, you're kind of it's wasted. It's like a wasted real estate for you online. So I think having your LinkedIn profile really optimized is a really important step. So the two main parts that you want to make sure you've got right are your LinkedIn headline. So for example, I think mine is Louise Brogan, a LinkedIn consultant, speaker, podcaster. So that, that's the headline part. Um, if you don't write your own headline, LinkedIn pulls it from whatever you say your current job is. So it literally pulls it up. So you might see a lot of people in corporate careers and it just says Louise Brogan accountant or Louise Brogan uh, CEO or, you know, so it doesn't really tell you anything about what that person's role is. So number one is your headline. And then number two is the about section or the about summary on your profile. For people who are entrepreneurs and small business owners, this is not actually necessarily about you. 
It's about the person who's reading the profile. So I like to start with asking questions of the person who's reading it. So for example, mine starts off with something like, are you struggling with LinkedIn? Do you find LinkedIn frustrating? You don't really know how to use it. You kind of answering, asking those questions and then saying, here's how I can help. And then listing out the services that I offer people and um, but also putting in like a call to action. So connect with me, send me a message or you know, email me. And so those are the two key, key parts. But actually, you should really fill out your entire profile. But as long as you've got the, a good headline and a good about summary, those are the bits that people will check out first when they decide whether or not they want to connect with you or follow up with you based on your activity on LinkedIn. What I'm hearing for the about section, is it kind of like a like a mini sales page of sorts? Yes, I mean, it's, it's a real opportunity for you to highlight what it is that you can help your reader with. Okay, so um, but definitely starting out with you, know, are you struggling with these particular things? And here's how I can help you. And then very, it's actually quite interesting. So my, my background is I did a computer master's in computing. And one of the things we did in that master's was a thing called human computer interaction. And I learned that when humans read text on a screen, it's really hard to read if it's just a big chunk of text. So if you can write your about section in short paragraphs and have lots of white space, so maybe like a two line paragraph and a a space and another two line paragraph and a space, people will find it much easier to read and will actually bother to read it. Whereas if you have just copied and pasted a big paragraph and plonked it in there, People don't read it. They just skim. They just skim over it or go past it because they just, you know, people are really. It's not that they're necess- People. Everyone says they're busy and their time short, but actually, if they just don't want to, but it's not attractive to read. Yeah, they're like tired or something. They just think I'm not reading all that. That's oh, that's way too much text, and they just go past you. Right. I think you even have like little um, check marks or something in yours, right? It's like very nicely bulleted. Yes. So those are emoji. They're emojis, but they're the emojis that are. So I think I've got um, the little red, you know, the little, um, it looks like a, a target, like a little red target and green ticks. Yeah, like a bullseye. Yeah. So I like those in my um, LinkedIn and even in my posts as well, because they jump out at you as well. Um, and, you know, LinkedIn is different to the other social media platforms in that it is it is more professional and it is a little bit more serious, not necessarily the word, but you you know, the emojis that you might put on an Instagram post, you're not going to necessarily put on your LinkedIn post. Let's put it that way. So you're not really going to use silly faces or clowns and, and stuff like that in your LinkedIn profile. But you can make use of some of the nice emojis and it makes it nice and clear to read. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So actually, that brings up another great point. So why should someone be on LinkedIn or who is usually on LinkedIn? What a great question. So it's interesting. I, I have a, a membership and we were, I was pulling together some statistics for them that LinkedIn were providing about content that works. And all of it was about the corporate organizations. It was all aimed at big corporates and professionals. Whereas what I use LinkedIn for is connecting with entrepreneurs and small business owners. So, and LinkedIn don't seem to necessarily market the platform that way. Like if you're ever going on Twitter and you get a LinkedIn advert, it's about jobs and careers. It's not about building businesses, but I find it an amazing place to go if you are in the business of selling products or services. Uh, Because people go to LinkedIn in what I call a business frame of mind. 
So if you go to Facebook, you're going there really just to see what your neighborhood's doing, what your the other kids in the class, what their parents are up to or what your cousins are doing in the next state over. Instagram, we go to for that little kind of boost of inspiration. Twitter, we go to for what's going on in the world right now, what's the news and events and the sports. Um, but LinkedIn, people are, are on LinkedIn because they're thinking about business. So they're already there. They're already halfway there. And I think it's how you use LinkedIn is how you get business from it. You know, it's not about selling. And what puts a lot of people off, I think, is they join LinkedIn, they have their profile, and they just, they suddenly get all of these connection requests from people who jump straight into selling. Would you like to see my software? Would you be interested in this? Or would you like to join a 500, you know, I can, I can sell you a coaching program and help you make $5,000 a month in two hours a week. (laughs) (laughs) and that puts a lot of people off but actually the way I teach LinkedIn is about building a network not necessarily the biggest network but the most valuable and interesting networks that when you go to LinkedIn the stuff you see in your newsfeed is from people that you're interested in and who are interested in what you have and your products and services so if we looked at um the the transition what did did your your product call the mesh underwear oh brief transitions Mm mm-hmm transitions yeah so if you think about um why would that be why would that be relevant for LinkedIn think about the hundreds of thousands of women who are on LinkedIn already and who need that product and you're you might be thinking they're not on LinkedIn to think about underwear but actually if you are sharing content that gives them value as in here you know here are three benefits to why this is you know this is beneficial to you um, or let's start a conversation about um, postpartum underwear or even a conversation about women in the workplace going back to work after having a child and you build up your profile on there as a as someone who knows this space knows this industry what actually happens is it's not that you put up a post saying here's an offer to go and buy something or here's a discount coupon the way selling on LinkedIn works is that people reach out to you privately and say I love that thing that you wrote about uh, postpartum um, issues and actually I'd like to know more about it and where can I find out more about it so for me the majority of business for myself and most of my clients on LinkedIn comes from people actually reaching out to us to ask more about what it is that we were talking about and I think that's so it's for it's for definitely for people products and services one of the big benefits is the people on LinkedIn, this is a very sweeping generalization, but they tend to have a little bit more money that they're willing to invest in something, I think, a bit more of uh, expendable income. Um, and actually, that's for somebody with a very niche product. That's perfect. It's interesting, actually, that you say all that, because for a long time, I didn't put brief transitions on LinkedIn. And I questioned if it was really even appropriate because it's underwear and it's such a personal type of product. And I've always thought of LinkedIn as pretty conservative is maybe the word. (laughs) Um, So I actually, yeah, for a long time, I didn't even have a business page or I didn't reference it as all at all as a as a line item in my profile. And yet, you know, if you think of the population, 50 percent are women and those women are on that platform and, you know, actually they might be quite happy to be distracted from posts about, I don't know, uh, the latest Microsoft software update. Right, right. 
Yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a that's a great point. Um, so how about for someone that's looking to reactivate their account? Say they haven't been on LinkedIn. Could even be like me. I've, I've started to post a little bit more, but um, for someone that hasn't really been there and they want to start becoming engaged again, what do you suggest they do? Okay, so quite it's actually a great question because quite a few people come to me and they may have had a, a change. So they might have left a corporate job and started their own business, or they may have left a corporate job and moved into another corporate job. And and what's happened is for a lot of us, and you're probably the same, Mary, we've probably created LinkedIn accounts way back in the day when we were doing something completely different. And uh, we connected with anybody and everybody or everybody. So for example, my my background is I did software engineering for two years. Um, and then I worked in the health service for 10 years. So my initial contacts on LinkedIn were probably other software engineers. And that's not really the people that I work with now. You can go in, if you haven't touched your LinkedIn in like a couple of years time, go in and re- change, change your profile, update your profile. So that it reflects what you're doing now. In the experience section on your profile, you do not have to list, unless you're actually on there to find a job, and even then, you don't have to list your entire backstory and entire resume. That That's not what it's for. It's a place to really um, grow, grow a good network around you and become known as an expert in whatever area you work in, whether it's in a job or whether it's in your own business. So definitely update your profile and then have a look at the people who you're connected to. You can remove connections um, of people in your network or you can just unfollow them. But what you want to do is start building up a network of people who are relevant to what you're doing now. And if you know, for a lot of people, so this week I've been working with a lady who's a teacher and she has a tutoring business and she wants to branch out and teach other teachers how they can leave teaching and become tutors. But she only has 34 connections. So I have said I'm working with her on her profile. And then the next step is going to be to start reaching out to people and you know, her target audience are people in teaching. So connecting with, say, 10 people a week, if that's, and a lot of people have fear about this, but slowly and steadily building up her network of the people that she wants to help. And then her content is going to be aimed at helping those people. And what happens is, if you posted something, Mary, and then I commented on it, my network would see your post, even though they are not connected to you. So by being active, on other people's posts, you're really raising your profile in front of a whole different audience. And when people see that and they see that you're saying something, this is the other thing. When you're commenting on somebody's post, don't just say excellent or well done. Say something that shows, a, you know, whether it shows your personality or it shows that you're thinking about the topic they're discussing. People will see that. They then see your headline that you've worked on. And your headline is what makes someone click through to your profile. They see your about section. They think, yes, this is somebody I want to be connected to. And then they reach out to connect to you. And just if you think I haven't been on so long, it's all those people I worked with and I worked in New York City or whatever. That's okay to still have those people there, but start building up the network of people that you want now. I wouldn't remove connections from my network because you can have up to 30,000 people in your network. Oh, wow. I'm very yeah, far from so, that. So it's <laughs> <laughs> so nice. But if you're if you go to LinkedIn, every time you go to LinkedIn, you're just seeing content from the people who worked in the in the career you were in before. Just unfollow them so you're kind of showing LinkedIn that that's not the content you want to see in your newsfeed. Got it. Okay, so that you can be commenting on things that are more aligned with what you want to be engaging about. 
Yes. And then you will see more content like that. So how about for the reaching out to people? Because I get requests sometimes. Sometimes the person says nothing. They just ask to connect. Sometimes it seems very like spammy or salesy. Um, and I, I don't really like those connections. I'm hesitant to like connect with just anybody. So what are your suggestions for how to make that, I guess, better or make it easier to accept someone's connection? Yes, well, I think for everyone listening, and um, when you send a connection request to somebody, you should always add a note and say why you're connecting with them. If there's, diff- there's lots of different scenarios, but if, if you connect with somebody and they seem genuine and then they immediately launch into a sales message in your inbox, I, I just remove the connection straight away. I don't, I don't even reply to them. I just remove the connection because that's so spammy and I don't want those people in my network. Um, if someone sends me a connection request and they haven't sent a, a note, which happens, I would say, 90% of the time, I check their headline. I see if we've got people in common. And if, I, if I've got people in common with them and it's someone like a book coach or something, I'll accept them because that's definitely within my community online. Um, if it's somebody from um, another country and they are like a UX developer um, and I'm like well that's not they're not my market I don't think I well I know that I, I have no interest in UX developing I don't even know necessarily what it is anymore <laughs> you know so I just decline those and I have no qualms whatsoever about declining um, a connection request so and if it's somewhere in the middle and you're not really sure check their profile out. And if they look like a good fit, then accept them. What I would say is if they haven't sent you a personal message and they look like, say, the book coach type person connects with you but hasn't sent you a personal message and you see they've got three or four people in common with you, I would send them a message and just say, thanks for connecting. Um, I see that we both know Mary um, and you know, hope you're having a great day or something like that because then they generally will reply to you. And the beauty of having the messaging on LinkedIn is you are now in a one-to-one with that person which can lead to all sorts of things it can lead to them asking you more about how you work with people or if you if they don't reply and but in three months time they come back and reach out to you you can go back through the message trail and say oh look that don't we we connected three months ago and that was because they heard me on Mary's podcast because you'll see the note it's kind of like a little like a little trail of breadcrumbs as well so if, they, if someone connects with you and they haven't sent a message there and they look reasonable, then just reach out and, and send them a message once you've connect, accepted them. Cool. I like that. I'm going to try that. <laughs> okay. How about business page versus like your personal profile? So if you're running a business, should you also have a business page? Yes. And for lots of different reasons. Uh, one reason being that on your personal profile, when you have a company page on LinkedIn and you go to your personal profile and you say that you work at that company, it's the logo, your company logo across and you can, it will, the logo of your company appears on your personal profile. If you don't have a company page, you cannot upload that logo into your personal profile and it looks like it's like a little gray block instead. So number one, it gives you credibility by having your company logo on your personal profile. Um, but also it helps with search engine optimization. If someone's typing into Google looking for, you know, podcasting host, fearless business podcasting host, it's going to bring up your website. It's going to bring up your personal LinkedIn. But if you also have a company page, I'll bring that up as well. So it helps with being found online. 
I, I tend to share, so my personal profile I use for starting conversations around things and my company page, which just got about, here's the, basically the numbers on my personal profile. I've got about 4,000 people in my network. My company page has got about 350 followers. So big difference. Um, but I do post maybe once a week um, on the company page, just, you know, what the podcast is of that week or other people will tag my company as well. Um, and I get notified of that. So, for example, a, a women in business organization, I'm doing a webinar for next week. They've tagged my company page on LinkedIn. Um, and that it, it just gives you that much slightly more credibility and authority, I think, by having that, that company page. So if you post on your company page, are you also posting the same thing on your personal page? No, because the type of content I post on my personal page, I think of it as starting a conversation. So I might, for example, say something like, um, I was talking to Mary this week and we were talking, and obviously this is not a conversation you and I were having, but Mary was saying that she doesn't really know what to post on LinkedIn or she's too, you know, she has a fear around posting on LinkedIn. And I suggested these three things. And I'd love to know, you know, from you, have you any fears around posting on LinkedIn? And asking that question makes just turns everything around because people like to be heard and they like to input into conversations. But I would never put that on the company page. The company page would be more like this week on the podcast, I interviewed Mary and we talked about dit, 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 and here's the link to the podcast. So for me, it's completely separate type of content sharing. Got it. OK, yeah, that's a big difference. And how about how often how often do you post a post? You mentioned posting once a week, maybe on your company page. But what about for your personal page? OK, so again, when you compare LinkedIn to other social media platforms, it is so different. If you have a post on LinkedIn on your personal page and people are starting to engage with it and comment on it, it can last honestly for four to five days. People are still commenting on your post. So if I was posting on LinkedIn every single day and say I've got a really good post goes out, say Monday I post something and maybe a couple of people like it. Tuesday I post a conversation starter and it takes off. And I've had posts where I've got like, you know, 50, 60 comments. If I posted again on Wednesday, I'm fighting against my own post from the day before for visibility in the feed. So I think when I work with clients, I suggest they post two to three times a week is plenty. It's more about posting something your audience are interested in um, something that starts the conversation going. Uh, and that that is how you use LinkedIn. You know, if you're posting regularly, but not getting any comments on your post, you need to rethink your strategy. Okay. And how about hashtags? Do you use hashtags in LinkedIn? I see some people do, some people don't. Yes. And I have very, very strict um, guidelines on that. <laughs> so, uh, Every post on LinkedIn should have three hashtags. At least three or only three? Just three. No less, no more. Interesting. Okay. How come? Are you are you willing to share that with us? Why? Why three? <laughs> <laughs> tried and tested. Everything is tried and tested. Um, research to the nth degree. I follow a lot of other people who work in the LinkedIn training space and the fascinating thing about LinkedIn and the LinkedIn trainers world is there's a lot of people who are super geeky about data and will run like will run like a three-month testing campaign and publish all the results on LinkedIn because that's just where they that's their jam 
and I go and I read it all and I absorb it all. It's like because I'm I am like one of life's learners. I like to learn constantly. And since I learned that about that, that was the advice given by a few different people. And since I've been doing that, it definitely works. Um, it's getting the right hashtags, Mary. That you know, not making up your own hashtag because no one's following it. But if you type a hashtag into the search bar at the top, it will tell you how many people are following that hashtag. So you want one with a a good following, not like a, not like millions of followers because you'll never get seen, but maybe a couple like a couple of thousand followers would be perfect. Got it. Okay. Yeah, kind of like Instagram. There's there's some hashtags that are really high. Like don't even bother using them because it will never be seen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are there any softwares that let you auto post or schedule posts with LinkedIn? There might be, but I um, started advising people about two years ago not to schedule any social media platforms. (laughs) Get out. Okay, cool. I want to hear more about this too. Please, you're amazing. Okay, so even I focus on LinkedIn now, um, say three, if we go back three years ago, I help people with all social media platforms. And I was trained in the UK by Facebook and Instagram on a program they get there's 30 people that they took on this program and we became accredited Facebook trainers and um, so you went to London to Facebook HQ and they did this whole training on on how to use Facebook for business with the idea that we would go back out to wherever we lived and teach people where we lived how to use it and one of the trainers that day said to me when you use a scheduling tool on your social media your posts are not compared to the success of your own previous posts they're being compared to the success of everybody who's using that scheduling tool so rather than Louise Brogan seems to get lots of engagement so we'll keep showing the, her posts to more people they're like oh um you know schedulingtool.com is being used by hundreds of thousands of people and about 90,000 of those people are not putting out very much good content so you're kind of pulling yourself down a little bit to the the, the masses use or engagement levels. But also I just, I think I was tra- talking to a lady today, another um, social media strategist, and she was saying, you know, when she talks to clients, if you post something on LinkedIn or Instagram, hang around to see if people comment. Cause there's this whole thing about the golden hour, especially on LinkedIn. If you put a post on LinkedIn and people comment on it, and then you comment on it straight afterwards, and that all happens in the first hour, it gets really pushed out in front of the news feed. But if someone comments on your post and you don't comment on it until like later on that evening, a couple of hours later, you kind of miss your window for in- good engagement. Think about when when do you think your audience are online? Put your post out there. People start to comment then start to kind of hang around if you can and engage with the response to your post. Again, that's this is even better why um, you'd only post maybe two, three times a week because we don't have time to sit around every day waiting for comments on our social media posts. <laughs> Plus, like using different platforms, like being on more than one platform makes it even trickier, I'm sure. Well, that's how I feel at least. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, too hard. <laughs> I know there's an offering of LinkedIn Premium. I'm not sure if there's other offerings on LinkedIn, but I have seen that one. I, I do actually have that right now. Are there What are the benefits to using that? And do you suggest paying for a service like that or not? Okay, so I, I use LinkedIn Premium and I think it's really good. I do have... Why I use it is because for the main reason I use it is I can see who's been looking at my profile. But I would prerequisite that with if you 
are not, if you haven't got your profile in shape, you're not posting regularly, and you haven't got good engagement on your post, then don't waste your money on using LinkedIn Premium until you have those things sorted out first, okay? But once you're consistently posting on LinkedIn and you're getting engagement and people are reaching out to connect with you, you know, all that stuff's happening, then LinkedIn Premium, well, they offer everybody 30 days for free to try it out. Um, and then it rolls into, I think it's like $50 a month after that, which is not, you know, it's not small change. But if I look at my profile and I can see that, you can see basically who's looked at your profile in the last 90 days. And say, for example, someone's been looking at my profile. So I, I like to do speaking gigs. I came and spoke at a conference in California last November, and I've spoken at a few in London and Dublin. And if someone's looking at my profile and they are a conference organizer, let's just, as an example, but we're not connected yet, you can be sure I'm going to reach out and connect with that person. But I wouldn't know they were looking at my profile without LinkedIn Premium. So, and you can also see people who are in your network already who have looked at your profile. And it might be somebody who said, maybe you met somebody at a networking event um, a few months ago and they said, oh, we need we need to talk to you about LinkedIn. We want to bring in, uh, we want you to come in for a workshop in our offices, da, 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 da. And then they've looked at your profile on a Monday morning. Then you then that's the time to reach out to them and say, hi, Nicole. Um, I saw you, and I literally said, I saw you looking at my profile. I remember we chatted about potentially doing a workshop and, you know, do you want to get on the phone and have a conversation? So it's, Look yeah. Look at you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's so great. Uh, you mentioned also speaking at, speaking at conferences. Is that something you also add to your profile? Yes, it is. In fact, I think speaker is in my headline. I tell you what else they have now, Mary, is they have this thing called the featured section in your profile. So when you go and look at my profile, you see the about section. So straight underneath it, you've got a featured section. And if you're a speaker, you can upload your speaker reel into there. So people can go click on that and watch what you're like as a speaker. And that's really valuable. So I have in there, I'm a, a guest writer for Social Media Examiner. So my articles I've written for LinkedIn are in my featured section and my speaker reel is in there as well as a couple of my own blog posts. So that's really brilliant way to highlight, you know, your, your skills or what it is you want to be known for. Oh, that's great. So everybody has the, the featured section. Yes. Yes. Cool. Go have a look at it. Yeah. Put your, um, any appearances you've had in like national media or prizes or anything like that in there as well. Yeah. I have a few good write-ups I can put. I saw also that you started using LinkedIn live which seems to be a pretty new feature. Can you tell us about that? I'm really excited about it. So it took me four applications to get accepted. It's really, really hard to get accepted to do LinkedIn Live. It's not like Facebook Live. You have to go through this application process. They have a massive backlog of people who've applied for it. Um, and I, I got it on the fourth go. And people have reached out to me and said, how, how did you get it? <laughs> so it's it's... It's really exciting. I And it's really funny, Mary, because I've done countless Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives. I've spoken on stage and conferences in front of rooms, like massive rooms of people. And yet when I, I did my first LinkedIn Live last week and I was really nervous. And I was quite shocked that I was so nervous because I'm, you know, I'm quite happy doing like a podcast. I'm quite happy talking. So I was taken aback. Why, why was I so nervous? But I think it's because a lot of people, especially in the UK, a lot of people don't have it yet. And I thought, oh, I, I want to make this work and I want to make it good and um, there's loads of rules around it like guidelines like what you can and can't do you have to stream live for at least 10 minutes 
you have to use software. You can't use link. You can't literally go on LinkedIn and click go live. You have to use third party software. I decided, I think one of the reasons I got it was I, I kind of submitted it almost like a proposal, I guess. And I said, I'd like to do a weekly show. I'd like to bring on a weekly guest and I'd like to talk to them about how they've built their business up and maybe how they found clients and how, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so that's my plan for it. So what I do is I have a podcast that goes out on a Wednesday. It's called Linking In with Louise. And then on the Friday, I'm going to take the guest from the podcast and go live with them and kind of follow up what we've talked about in the podcast. So that's the plan anyway. And I'm really excited about it. I think this week's week number two. So I feel a little bit more relaxed about it. But the other thing is, one of the guidelines is you're not supposed to talk about LinkedIn on LinkedIn Live. Really? Which is, yeah, which is kind of challenging when your business is how to teach people how to use LinkedIn. <laughs> but yeah, that's in the guidance. It's like, please don't talk about how to use LinkedIn on LinkedIn Live. So. And I'm generally a rule abider. So that's, I'm going to stick by the rules because I don't want them to take it away from me. <laughs> right, right. Is it something you think they're they're going to try to roll out to everyone or is it always meant to be very selective? I don't know. Um, I don't, I really don't know because I think that if everyone was going live all the time, it would be a very different platform, but they are bringing out LinkedIn stories. Oh, yeah, so that's new. That's not, we haven't got that in the UK. I uh, don't think America or Canada have got it. They are, it's, I think it's come out first to India possibly. And it looks, if you do, so if, if you want to know what a LinkedIn story is going to look like, if you go to your LinkedIn app on your phone and click on create a post, but do it as a video. And so you're literally not, not uploading a video onto LinkedIn, but literally videoing on your phone. And uh, you can add in text and stickers. It's kind of like the stickers you put on Instagram stories. Um, so if you want to see what LinkedIn stories are going to look like, that's what they're going to look like. But we don't have we don't have it yet here in the UK. And I know you guys don't have it yet. So but there's so many features coming out at the minute. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah. It seems like it's going to be very continued to be very powerful for people. Mm, yeah so get on there yeah so that's <laughs> great timing listen, listen to louise and like let's all kind of you know shape up on linkedin so we're ready definitely i think because somebody says it's like getting on linkedin now as a business owner as an entrepreneur is like getting on facebook seven eight years ago it's it's not that noisy and I think 99% of people on LinkedIn don't post anything. So you can really make your mark if you are posting content that is of value to your network. So it's the perfect time to get on it. That's amazing. Okay. And we like to close with the last question that we ask all of our guests. What is something that you used to fear in your business, but don't anymore? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't fear getting rejected now anymore probably through experience, but also if if you send a proposal to somebody and they say no, that you were never the right fit. And it's much better to work with people who like your style and you're actually going to move somewhere with them. Um, so I used to used to be like, oh, no, they don't, don't want to work with me. I've been turned down. Oh, crash and burn. But actually, and it's a lot of mindset work, to be fair, but um realizing that actually that's for the best for for all parties um I think is beneficial for me and for the person who says no that's not for us that's a that's a great one I love that I don't know if we've gotten that before but that's that's a great one okay and 
Thank you so much for today, Louise. Can you please tell everyone where they can find you? Well, come and find me on LinkedIn. Come and send me a personalized connection request. It's linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Louise Brogan and let me know you're listening to us. That'd be lovely. Yes, that would be great. Thank you so much, Louise. Thank you. I love this. It's great. All right. All right, Louise, challenge accepted. LinkedIn, here we come. I'm I'm doing it. I'm digging into LinkedIn. Or I'm going to ask my social media manager to dig into right. LinkedIn. Right. <laughs> Let me be clear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. No, I, I need to, I do. That was some really good tips. I need to update my own personal and be sharing a lot more. And I have way more connections than I thought I did. So yeah, time to get it together. June is LinkedIn month. June is LinkedIn month. Let's do it. I like it. We're going to, we're going to challenge each other. I like this. We should do a LinkedIn follow. That's, that's exactly what I would, you read my mind. Look at this. I love it. Apart, but still together. Oh, I'll see you again one day. You know, one day. <laughs> I'll wave from my window. I'll wave to you. I'll walk by and you can wave from your window. That's what I meant. Done. We'll do that. That's a date. Yeah. yeah. It's a oh, socially lovely. distant date. Yeah. But yes, let's hear from everyone on LinkedIn. Well, send us, I mean, post, I'm like all over the place. Tell us in the HQ, drop your LinkedIn profile and we'll connect on LinkedIn and make sure you use Louise's tips. So send us a little message like, hey, I heard you on the podcast and want to connect on LinkedIn. I will be much more willing to accept it. I don't really accept invites from people that write nothing. She's totally right about that. I love it. Yeah, I can't wait to see. I'm going to follow lots of new people on LinkedIn. Let's do it. If you are not a member of our Facebook group, you can find us at the Fearless Business Podcast HQ, or you can find us at fearlessbusinesspodcast.com or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Thanks and talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. We'd love it if you'd subscribe and share this podcast. Reviews are amazing too. Please visit fearlessbusinesspodcast.com for more information. If you'd like to connect with Jamie, visit hashtag legal.com. And if you'd like to connect with Mary, visit the transitionscollective.com. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.